Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of Gigglebytes, but it's not just a regular episode, because tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest. We a have guest. a guest on the show. We have a friend. For the first time since we've switched over to just audio podcasts, we have a guest. Now, I'm going to introduce myself and Moen, but I'm going to let Johnny... Oops! <laughs> I'm going to let our guest... <laughs> I'm going to let our guest yes, introduce bro. himself. So I am Koos, as per usual. I am joined by Moen. As per usual. And as per not usual, we have our guest. I am Johnny. Thanks for having me on, guys. Welcome, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Now, so, just a bit of a backstory. Johnny's a long-time friend. Um, I know him through uh, music, and uh, Coos knows him through skateboarding. That's true. From many, many, many moons ago. Uh, yeah, so this is a, it's like a throwback, but an also kind of current thing as well, because uh, if any of you guys watch our Twitch channel, which I'm not sure if you do, but if any of you do... Uh, we have all been playing a lot of Albion Online, which is a nice little game. Uh, it's good fun. But I'm not going to go on about that because that is completely irrelevant to what we're talking about tonight. So Moen has a grasp of this topic. So I'm going to hand over to him and he's going to bring it in. Yeah, basically, um, I was speaking to Johnny uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was like, I've got a great topic for, um, for the podcast. I was like, go on then. What is it? And he said we should talk about what music was like when we were kids. So what did we each listen to? How it influenced us back then when we were kids. And then make a dramatic comparison to what music's like right now and how it's influencing the masses. Um, So, Johnny, let you start, brother. What did you used to listen to back in the day and how did it influence you? Okay, so a little bit of a backstory to this. So. a long, long, long time ago, my dad used to own an off-license um, in a little town where we uh, grew up and lived. And every Sunday, I used to go with him to get stock, you know, from the, like, the wholesale and stuff. And um, I just remember, like, putting on. CDs on. Hang on, I've got to interrupt right there. I've, I remember when people had the wholesaler plug back when we were kids, it was dangerous. There's a guy that I went to school with in high school, yeah, and he used to literally come in with tuck boxes. We used to call them tuck boxes. He used to sell so much shit to everyone, and he made fucking bank. Did you have the link, Jono? Could you go in there and get the massive boxes of fucking gummy bears and stuff? Yeah, it was one of them. It was one of them places. Yeah. Mate, people still do that nowadays, you know? Um, but, yeah, so I remember literally just driving down there every Sunday. Um... I still have a lot of vivid memories of it now. So I put on this CD and this one CD we listened to every single Sunday was, I think it was some of the greatest 100 rock songs of all time. And it was like, you know, one of those thick, chunky CDs with like four discs in. Um, yeah, yeah, the premium edition. Yeah, so I grew up kind of listening to, in the early days, from what I can you know, first remember, just like classic rock music. So like my dad got me into... Um, like Led Zeppelin, I remember like buying a Led Zeppelin album, and I was like, I was like too young to buy a Led Zeppelin album. If that makes sense, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, definitely. Like the guy selling it to me was thinking, "What the fuck's he doing?" <laughs> 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 um, 
but yeah, like having that, listen to that on repeat, and then that kind of just evolved eventually into like different kind of genres of rock. You know, kind of going into like harder rock, then into metal. I remember going to watch like Bullet for My Valentine, and I was talking last night on the uh, on the chat on the Discord chat that I went to see Skindred and everything like this. Man, they're just like different different bands growing up. So yeah, for me, it was just more like classic rock. And then that was kind of my genre for a long, long time. I want to interject here for a second. I'm going to go around and share stories quickly. Johnny, what was your first ever show that you went to go and see? First ever gig? Um, to be fair, it was from the, the only one I can remember. My first, like going back, I was, it was Bullet for My Valentine. So I went to the Wolverhampton Civic Hall. I was at school, I was at middle school at the time, and uh, I went with an old friend of ours, actually. His name's Lou. Um, How tall, Lou? And I literally remember the hot and so I was sat in class, and we left early because we needed to go to, over to his dad's house um, to like get ready and stuff, which was in Talford or something like that. I don't know where it was, you know, somewhere traveling far away. And then I happened to drive over to Wolverhampton. I remember walking out of class. We were both sat there and we just both blagged like the exact same reason. I was like, this is so sus now. Like, it's proper suspicious. It's <laughs> like, yeah, dentist appointment, dentist appointment. And we just, I just remember walking out. But yeah, man, Bullet for My Valentine was the sickest gig as well. It was incredible. We'd love to see it. I, th- I actually think the Hearts Burst Into Fire music video was filmed, or well, part of it was filmed there. Um, really? That's sick, that's sick. Which is pretty cool, but yeah. That is dope. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> You're on record saying it now. Okay, so what was yours? Me. Um, so my, I guess my earliest influence, well. Um, no, no, not influence, not influence. Oh, we're, okay. we're, we're, we're going to circle back to Johnny. I, okay. I want, what's the first ever gig you went to? So the first the first one that I can, the one that I can remember being the like the youngest to a proper gig was this guy called Badly Drawn Boy, and the fuck is that? Exactly right. <laughs> so he played at this place in Birmingham called the Mac, and it was like a, an art center, but it had like an outdoor arena sort of thing. I say arena, it seated maybe like a hundred people, but it was all like up on balcony seats and stuff. It was sick, um, and. Uh, <laughs> me being an adventurous and cocky little kid I said I saw him after the show and I was like excuse me can I have your hat please and he didn't give me his hat um, <laughs> but, what a fucking prick yeah <laughs> did he just like, thank you no he was just like oh sorry I can't give you my hat uh, I swear mm. down what was it was it like a fucking no, it's just like a really nice beanie and I just wanted it I was like, <laughs> like I must have been like nine or ten maybe Nah, that can't run, bro. But badly drawn boy, if you're listening, post it to Coose, PO Box. Yeah, we'll PO Box, Gigglebytes, D D G G by G no. Um yeah, no, like but it was a really good show. Like I enjoyed the music and stuff. I like I've always been a bit like I love going to gigs, but like I get very anxious just being in a in a crowded place with people for like an extended period of time. Um so at a young age it was like terrifying. But when I like relaxed and got into it, I had a great time, and it was really good music. Guy was the guy is talented. Like I don't even think that he's been relevant for like fifteen years, 
but well, that's actually speaking about this is I'm going to go and listen to him after this. Anyway, Moen, you, what about your first show? So obviously those that know me know that I grew up deep in the hood. Um, see everyone crack a smile there. I, 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 may, I may have been a bit confused when I was a kid and me and my uh, little posse of friends, uh, the first ever gig that I went to watch was in middle school and I think it was Snoop Dogg. And, no way! Yeah, man. And it was over in Birmingham somewhere. It was a fucking huge event. Um, I just remember like it was... <laughs> Oh, I can't, I can't remember where the hell it was. It was somewhere in Brum anyway. It was a big arena. Um, NIA and, Yeah, I think it was the NIA. Yeah, I think it was. And when we went there, someone got shot um, outside. Or some shit kicked. It wasn't to do with Snoop Dogg. But so, some shit kicked off and someone got shot. I remember being on the news. And, and bro, like, Rob, me and my pals went to this year and we went fucking kitted out, man. I had an Avrex jacket on. My mate had a fucking do-rag. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> had flat peaks and chains. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, we were in there, right? We were hooded up. We were all fucking G'd up, man. Um, and I've got one massive regret from this. I was listening to da 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 da. It's the motherfucking deal, double G. And I didn't say Snoop Dogg because I was rapping Snoop's bars and not like, Snoop stopped and put his mark out and the whole crowd went Snoop Dogg. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I, I, I messed that up. And then. Um, because I, I, I was fucking G'd up here, but I was so anxious when I was a kid. Well, we was all all stood there, and uh, this geezer in front of us turned around and started giving us all beers. And um, obviously, like all, all my pals, like, oh yeah, fucking Sam, we're literally like 10, 11. And I've just got my mum's words in my head never accept a thing off a stranger. It could be spiked, it could fuck you up. So I'm there panicking, like, boys, 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 don't drink it, man, don't drink it, man. We don't know who the fucking guy is. And, you know, we're there watching a gangster rapper in a gangster rap concert. And I'm there, G'd out, dripped out, fucking getting all, all paranoid about these beers his geezers give us. Oh, I didn't drink mine. Mum, if you're listening, I didn't fucking drink it, man. Don't drown, man. <laughs> yeah, but, you yeah, know, this was, this was, so just to clarify for everyone at home listening, this was three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah man uh, I shouldn't even be up this time but now nah, basically uh, my, my first ever one was Snoop Dogg man and uh, he bought some people with him I think he bought a dog pound I, I mean I, I want to go to as far as to say maybe Night Dog was there I definitely think Warren G was there um, but yeah man and uh, and there was a bit of animosity because we, we, yeah when Snoop was doing the the, the um, na 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 it's the motherfucking deal double G Snoop Dogg da 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 and he went where the fuck is the D-R-E? Like he said, like, where the fuck? And I was just like, because I think that fell out back then. And I was just like, yo. And also as well, a little bit of a crime to fame here. I think it was Snoop Dogg, because the, the second concert I went to was Kanye. One of them two, Roll Deep supported before they were big, which was sick as well. And people were kicking off about him saying they was shit. And I was like, nah. Like, that, that, that did when I'm here. It's fucking sick, man. So why would he might have been there? I don't even know. I don't even know. But... We go full circle. So, Johnny, when you was listening to your classic rock and growing up as a kid, how, like, let's talk about our teenage years because, you know, I already think that for me anyway, and I'm just going to, you know, pretend that you two are going to be the same. Like, music really played a part in my life when I hit, like, halfway through middle school and then especially through high school. So when you got into your teenage, teenage years, Johnny, when did... Um, 
music really started to have an effect on you? How did it influence you? And, you know, like, how did it help you through those years as well? So, um, going to that first, like, so if I take it back a little bit, when I was in middle school, kind of going into high school, um, I was going down the park skating a lot and I'd have in my headphones like Avenged Sevenfold, um, Bullet, Iron Maid, just literally like a whole mix of like rock music. Um, and then I kind of went back round again to like the classic rock era and I was listening to like older rock where it was more like like who can I give like Elvis and I was like listening to music back then and like you know kind of getting an understanding of what their music was like because I was just listening to as I said like Avenged Sevenfold I went to see Bullet for my Valentine it's different to like how rock music used to be back you know way back before I was born you know in my dad's kind of generation um and then from there, like listening to old music, I, I like would listen to any genre, and I mean any genre, bro. Like, I got really into um, like jazz music, pop music, um, kind of rap. So like, I just listened to anything. And then from there, um, obviously, you guys know I did this. You know, I did my own EP, and I wanted to kind of have a mixture of like a different amount of genres in there. So had like a darker song which was more like you know hip hop but then I'd have like a little jazzy song in there so listening to music I did growing up influenced me to do that sort of stuff um, and now like I'll, I'll literally I'll appreciate any music I listen to Deep man Coos to the floor I think like so, so I went through what I'm sure a lot of people who are my age now went through you know 10 years ago if not more, 12, 13 years ago, went through an emo phase, which dirty, apparently... Dirty fucking emo phase. Hey, I've, seen, I've seen the pictures of your hair, <laughs> <real> boy. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's not really changed that much. Like, it's, I still have a, like, you know, like a long fringe, <laughs> and I never really grew out of it. And I think yeah, okay. that, that music had a, a huge part in that, because um, the music I was listening to was very emo. Um, you know, My Chemical Romance, Hawthorne Heights, um, a few others that I can't even think right now. Um, but like, you know, that started leading on, you know, I was an angsty teen, so it started leading into like heavier stuff. Um, and then the first like real metal band that I listened to um, was, what were they called? Oh my goodness. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Unearth. Uh, and they were just, for me, like it was the first time listening to metal music and it absolutely blew me away because I'd never really listened to Screamo before that. Because a lot of my influence in my early years as well came from my dad. Like he got me into Genesis, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all like the old classic amazing bands. Um, so to hear this metal song, I heard it on uh, an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, if anyone remembers that, that old the internet cartoon. Never heard that. Anyway. This song came on and I was listening to it and I was just completely blown away with how intense and angry and like almost violent, it had this violent edge to it. And I was like, this is insane. Like, this is absolutely amazing. And that bridged me off into like proper brutal metal. 
And that really, really hit home with me. Like I just had this like complete relation to this really heavy, intense, dark, hard music. Um, and I think like I stayed in that sort of listening to really heavy stuff for a really, really long time. And I got quite narrow minded because I lost sight of everything else that's out there. Um, and I think it wasn't only until maybe I hit like 1920 where I really started to appreciate other genres. And, you know, like you said, Johnny, now you can just listen to anything and appreciate it. I'm exactly the same now. Like, as being a musician as well, and someone who's composed for loads of different sort of projects, like I've done um, audio for games, I've done audio for video, um, audio for like EPs for other people, done instrumental tracks and stuff. Um, it, it helped me gain a greater appreciation to the wide variety that music can offer. And I think that these days, um, it's hard for me to find a song that I don't like. The only thing that I steer clear of, and, and, and I always sort of say this, is that I steer clear of charts music because for the most part, it's churned out. It's almost the same as everything else you've ever heard. And it's just background noise to me now. Like it doesn't, there's nothing interesting going on. And then you have maybe a few standout artists, like someone like, who I always circle back to is someone like Jessie J because she is genuinely one of the most talented singers on the planet. Like she has just got an incredible voice. So her music, different story, you know. Do you know who else though? Do you know who else I've got to put in there? Go on. Uh, Post Malone. Yeah, Post. So I, 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 and he has rock influence, you know, I, which I is nice. When I hear a Post Malone track, even if it's sort of fucking circulating in the charts and it's banging, there's not one part of me that thinks, yeah, this guy, you know, he's just another dot fucking dragged out, repackaged, rebranded guy. Like he was a SoundCloud artist before he got found. And I, I really think that artists like him, maybe Rag and Bone Man, like they are really rare to find. But when, when you do find them, it's always, it always makes me smile because you watch someone do something so original in, but yet in such a mainstream way that it's almost not. And I think that's really rare. But yeah, sorry, Goose. It is hard to find that. Um, it's especially hard to find these days because music is so ingrained into our culture that stuff that, you know, like to just put a blanket over it and say it's like, you know, like trap music is mad popular everywhere. And I personally, and this is just, again, because when we're talking about music, it's all personal. What music? Um, you are. What music? Trap. Trap, trap music. Trap. Yeah. Okay. Crap. Not crap. Well, no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. you can it, put it, it in it, the same bracket. Got finish your sentence. I'm going to jump in after. Okay, so yeah, I find a lot of trap music just a bit dull, and especially with the whole like, because I like rap music. I've listened to a lot of like old school rap gets me gassed, and I will really shit. Sorry, I left my phone on loud. <laughs> I listen to a lot of rap music, and um. It's the you trap know, music, man. He's like, shut the fuck up, man. Yeah, it? It's, it's the not happy, the trap artists are kicking off. Um, but yeah, like I always circle back to people like Biggie. Um, and it just, uh, uh, it uh, hypes me up. See, okay, fair uh, enough. Okay, no, right, listen, listen. This is my personal truth, right? This is now, what, you know I what I like. I, I've got an interesting fact here. So let me, do, let me give my two cents on this. For on, me, Trap music now, like, I used to listen to trap music, but I used to listen to fucking Young Jeezy, that kind of trap music, like mm -hmm. Free Six Mafia. Yes. Fucking, um, that's, you know, like, that's where I can say no, I like me, that trap music. 
yeah, that's fucking trap music. Mm. Oh, shit, way back then when those beats, like, I always remember, right, I'd put on, because I'm not going to get into more shit now, I'll wait for a second, but like, if you listen to a Nas track from back in the day, the New York sound had its own authentic sound, and then you listen to an NWA track, or you listen to a Dr. Dre, a Dr. Dre track, right? The West Coast had its own authentic sound. When I, when I used to listen to a Young Jeezy track, I mean, yeah, if you listen to Young Jeezy's lyrics, like, some of his lyrics were fucking shit, man. I remember, like, fucking, if Scott's listening to this, man, shout out, Scott. There was this one track on um, Fog 101 Motivation, and uh, it was called Grey Goose. And literally, the hook was, I'm on that Grey Goose, do I know you? No. And it just repeated that. And then one of Jeezy's lyrics were, I'm on that cranberry and that pineapple and I'll bust your head like a pineapple. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah. the beats were so fucking interesting because there was so much going on. There was bass, there was horns. I remember trap music used to match the uh, kicks with the bass kicks. So you'd have like, the, the 808s pumping at the same time as the bass kicks going on. Like, dum, 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 dum. And that was like, really, really unique to trap music in itself. Now, when I listen to this new shit, like Future and stuff, like, yeah, I can still, I still vibe to it because... I still love the trap beats, but the trap music, a T.I., fucking hell. Stuff like that, like old school 2008, 2009 T.I., do you know what I mean? I love how you call that old school. That makes me feel old. Yeah, yeah, but I remember I was listening, I was playing to Need for Speed Underground 2, and I had a T.I. album that my dad got me from work from some guy that could, like, used to download shit, because it, it was so hard to find back then in HMV, like they weren't selling a lot of that stuff. And I can't remember what this T.I. album was called, but I remember on the front of it, he had a camo jacket on. Um, I think it was the King of King of something. No, I think it was just called T.I.P. Anyway, that, I remember when that came out, that was groundbreaking for me, because I was like, I've never heard nothing like this before. And, and even then, if you listen to T.I., like a lot of T.I. stuff, because it's that slow, slurred, southern rap, it's not really that lyrical. But then, obviously, not like, T.I. can shower, man, and I've heard him go lyrical, so it's not even a diss. But the beats almost carried the melody. And a, and a lot of these, and I, I said this back in the day, and I'll say it now, a lot of trap rappers from back in the day could sing. Young Jeezy used to sing, in my opinion. Like, he was a rapper, but he was so pitched, and his chords that he'd hit his notes on, like vocally. You know, there was a lot of art behind it, man. And my friends had had to piss out, I and mean, oh, this is fucking shit, this is. But... So, yo, man, there's a talent to it. But yeah, carry on, Koo. Sorry, man, you inspired me. No, no, that's oh, no, pretty no. much... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I've got to cut you again. What was I going, mm, on Biggie for? I'm a massive Notorious B.O.G. fan. Yeah, we, we always pop his lyrics, that fucking... Um, what, what's that one we always do? Um, I thought you sang the lyrics then. That, uh, <laughs> it was all a dream. I used to, do I used to read Word Up magazine. magazine. Salt, pepper and heavy D up in the, the limousine. limousine. Yeah, man, but... Yeah. I came across a song, and unfucking hell, man, um, that Biggie track, What's Beef, uh, that, that was a fucking tune. Um, but for me, there was one song, and Biggie had such a fucking messy, Biggie had some real messed up lyrics, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Real, real messed up. I remember this one, he, he was talking about fucking killing a girl, it was really graphic. And then there was this one track, man, and I'm not even going to say the lyric out on, on, on air. But um, it was a real, real messed up bar. And when I heard that, I was like, bro, like, I don't even know if that was done in jest or not, but I can't listen to you no more. And that kind of, that kind of ruined Biggie for me, big time. Like, Coos, talk a minute. I'm going to find the song and the lyric. 
Okay. Um, well, on on the sort of vibe of of rap music in general, um, if you remember back when I was nineteen, so I don't know how old you'd have been, uh, like twenty twenty two. Yeah, you've probably been in early twenties when we first got together. Um, oh, romantic. <laughs> When we first laid eyes upon each other, <laughs> uh, 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 we like that was that was how we got to know each other. Uh, was I met you through your partner at the time, and we got involved with each other through music. We started a musical project, and I had never really done anything with rap music before, but we got into it, and you got me doing grime. <laughs> Which yeah, man. when I when I think back to it, oh you're like, bars, bro. We're oh, yeah. bars. That's the thing. Like I can write for it. It's not a problem. It's just it wouldn't be my most creative outlet for music. Um, but that introduced me really into grime, and I've really got into grime. It was more the instrumentals for grime that I got into because some of the beats. A major shout out to this guy called Rude Kid. He, in my opinion, drops the best grime beats on the planet i honestly think he is the most superior beat maker on the planet when it comes to grime so uh moen <laughs> are you are you done with your searching Do you, i found the lyric but i'm not going to say it but okay. for, for, for anyone out there it's the um it's when biggie re- um, refers to his friend gutter the guy's called gutter and it, it, it's fucking i think i know which i think i know which yeah, one yeah, you're talking it's some about dark shit man i didn't want to fucking talk about it man um, I'll, I'll put it into Google and uh, the song Dead Wrong came up, but I, I really don't know if that is, is the track. But if, if someone has puts into Google Notorious B.O.G. gutter lyric, uh, you, you'll see what he was saying. When I heard that, man, I couldn't listen. I, I don't think I've really listened to any B.O.G. since then. If I have, it's like very, very rarely. But f- for me... I'm not. I'm not trying to ruin him, bro. It's, it ruined it for me. Like it ruined it for me. It's just a fucking weird lyric, bro. Like, but at the same time, you know, you, you want to go like, mad deep into it, right? Eminem said just as fucked up stuff. Maybe not that fucked up, but he's definitely said some fuck. I mean, fucking hell. I remember the first time I, I, I heard Kim, and and that song, like somehow, right? I'd gone literally ten years without hearing that. And then my mate in the car was like, "You've heard Kim, yeah?" I was like what album's that off and he was like it was either the Marshall Mathers or the Slim Shady LP I was like bro I didn't really get into them then and he's like what you never heard this before and it is literally you know and it makes me smile because like the song is real it's a, it's a fucking it basically made a song about killing his fucking ex but there's a bit in there and it just shows the genius behind M's lyrical abilities because he, he, he's all, there's, there's a lyric and he's literally just talking, like, like saying a story and, and he goes, Kim, and then he shouts Kim because he's talking to her in the car and you really feel like you're in the car with him and you can watch M like, you know, and it's really like, you know, childish voice and he just turns into like a fucking monster. And I think people that can do that in their lyrics, creativity, like in, in a creative way, but does it make it okay? So yeah, bit hypocritical, but anyway. So my fucking story with music, I remember when I got warped. I fully remember it happening. My first album, right, it was a single and it was fucking Nickelback. 
and um, to the bottom of every bottle, there's a word. That, that's the track. That, well, that, that's the first song I ever bought. And I remember back then, I used to wear jeans. I had a little chain hanging off my jeans. Um, some fucking whack trainers. And, you know, like, do you remember when everyone back in the day, I'll like, say everyone, uh, was wearing them button shirts and they like, had fire going up the arms. Yeah, I was one of them kids, man. And, and then, yeah, fuck you. And then I met my mate Scott down the skate park. Man was rock, rocking a, a Pokemon t-shirt. Uh, to this day that my friend still says look like a pyjama top but it weren't and I, I, bro I was I was oh fucking hell man like, I was the only kid I think in the skate park that any, any skaters will know this my board didn't have a pop in it <laughs> it was just a, just a, a flat plank. it was just a straight line piece of fucking <laughs> I think it was a Robot Wars one as well oh bro. wow yeah man so man rocked up in a Pokemon with a Pokemon fucking t-shirt on a Robot Wars skateboard I, I could have been more fucking innocent bro to the cause get me and my man Scott fucking ruined my childhood bro he just warped me he was like bruv you heard a 50 cent I was like nah never and I remember right I somehow I got hold of that album. I don't know how I did it. No, the struggle was real. So when I was at school, right, people started listening. So I, basically Scott showed me um, some rap music on his phone, I think it was, or well, I don't even know how, no, it might have been a CD player, like a portable CD player. And I was like, what the fuck's this? Like, you know, cause my, my parents were so strict, man. Like I never heard rap music before. Like, you know, it was real fucking, probably couldn't even watch fucking MTV. It was that strict. And I remember I was like, what the fuck's this rap stuff about? Then I got into middle school and more and more people were talking about this guy called Eminem. And I was like, who the fuck's Eminem? And I remember, right, I fucking pleaded with my mum to get me an Eminem album. And she bought me the Eminem show, the fucking censored version, man. Like, if I've got that album somewhere, it's probably worth money because who the fuck, how was it even? I think, I remember remember in our hometown, there was a little Virgin record store and I think she ordered it specifically. My son wants this album. Have you got the censored version? But I played the fucking shit out of that album as well. It was that bad. There was a song on there called Drips. And the song was that bad that I just removed it. It was just like <laughs> three seconds of nothing and then the next song came on. Wow. And I, and I remember, I remember when somehow I got, I got hold of Get Rich or Die Trying and that was my proper introduction into fucking rap music, man. And it fucking changed my fucking life, bro. The Pokemon top went in the bin. <laughs> the fucking shirts went in the bin. I caught a fucking attitude. 50 cent, I, got, I, got, I, just, I grew up real quick and I listened to that shit backwards bro every fucking side and then that's when i knew i fell in love with rap differently because i started studying the lyrics and you know i was writing them all out so i could rap along with 50 and then i was like oh fucking hell this is mad and then i just started like i'd have the beat on and i'd be rapping his lyrics and then i'd when there was like a gap at the end i'd just start rapping my own and that's when i figured out i could freestyle and, and, and then everything just changed, bro, from there. Like, that is when my fucking innocent little mind just got completely warped. And then, for me, bro, like, music played such a big part of my fucking life growing up. Because, obviously, you know, we've all had certain childhoods and that. And, like, you know, th- that really offered a way for me to escape of an art time. Like, you know, some people... I used to read a lot as well. But for me, like, some people used to watch movies... Oh, man couldn't watch a movie because the curfew came in so the TV couldn't fucking come on 
So I was used to get my CD player, bro. I put my headphones in, put put on D12, put on DMX, play that shit literally from track one through to track dot track twenty two, and try and stay awake for all of it and just listen to each song, imagining shit in my head, bro. And and then it, and then not through high school and that, bro. Like I was kind of like you, cause it's really weird because like I, I got like into hardcore fucking rap, man. Like I remember the first ever rap song. Right, I, so I remember like. When I was in middle school, I've been a pirate since day one. And my friend told me about WinMX. And anyone that's ever downloaded anything illegally out there that knows about WinMX, you're a day one. You're, you're a fucking day one guy because that shit looked like the fucking Matrix, right? This was before any of the like, long war and that was about, bro. And I remember I was downloading NWA, Hello. And I fucking fell in love with the song. That like, obviously I can't get this song any other way in it. I don't know what fucking album it's part of because I can't use Google that way. And I don't think that shit's even on Google back then either. So I remember I downloaded, bro, half of that song, literally like one minute forty because it had no seeds and like a million leeches. And I downloaded, I think, like eighty percent of NWA fought the police. And I remember going on holiday somewhere with my parents and I just burnt that shit onto a CD and I was listening to half a fucking song, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's how dedicated man was to the cause. And then, then Mini Nova came in, started doing the torrents and that. Aries, fucking long more, long more pro. Um, but yeah, and then as I got into high school, man, I, for a long time, I wouldn't even listen to R&B music because obviously R&B and rap went real soul by soul. Like a lot of them crossed over and I wasn't even interested in songs that had singers in. And then when I got into like high school, I started listening to like, you know, I was big into Ludacris still. So like Bobby Valentino, um, Pretty Fucking Ricky, Jagged Edge. Um, th- 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 those are the kind of people I got initiated into when it came to like, you know, like, almost like soul music, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I know and what you're saying, yeah. And then, you know, when I hit high school, bro, like, I was actively making music. I was in the studio recording music and stuff. We had our first number one hit in, in, our, in, our, in our high school called I Fucking Hate Valentines. I and remember your boy, that. Your boy said Valentines the yeah. whole way through it. Fucking, fucking Valentines, Valentines, and, uh, Valentines. But, but that blew up, bro. That blew yeah. up. It was even a geezer. I, I remember speaking to this girl on MSN and um, I sent her over the song, yeah, hold tight, MSN. And uh, back in the Bebo days, and I remember I sent her over this song, like, um, just to show her. And she was like, I'm talking to a guy and he sent me that saying it's him. Like, people were imitating us from out of town, bro. Wow. It was mad. It was mad. That and, sure uh, is something. And yeah, and, and then for me, like, you know, I'll be honest as well, as much happiness and love and, you know, like, beauty, my, my musical journey has brought me, it got me into a fucking lot of trouble as well, man. You because go. you know we were all like we were all listening to rap through school so we were doing dumb stuff man I remember like breaking into the local football grounds and running away from the people and then you get into a fight with them because I mean, obviously you're listening to this music all the time and it's conditioning your mind to be a certain way which is you know fuck the authority fuck fuck any any sense of authority like you know teachers start chatting shit to me I don't give a fuck yeah it, it, it really moulded that and then when I got into high school and started listening to grime it went even deeper because a lot of grime was just angry fucking music, bro. And that's what I found really interesting. Because when I was at high school, I didn't have like a friend set. I, I used to just start like, drift between all the different groups. I was friends with everyone. So like one day I'd be chilling with the Grebos and, you know, someone would just whack out a fucking acoustic guitar and I'd just start rapping over it. My mate would just start singing. 
and then the next day I'll be with all the chavs and then the day after that I'll be with all the rockers and I'll be with the fucking nerds bro playing RuneScape in, 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 in IT at lunch do you know what I mean I was with everyone so I've all got we get it man you had loads of friends god no, don't no, no, rub it in what I'm saying is like, <laughs> and this, this is where my mind opened up because I started listening to fucking everything suddenly I was in cars with people listening to fucking um, Nine Inch Nails yeah and Enter wow. Shikari and mm. Kings of Leon yep and you know what I mean like, and, and bro like fucking out I'm hardcore rap yeah but I fuck with Slipknot bro yeah who so, doesn't I, I mean this is the this is the thing when it comes to like hard, like m- more heavier music the staples that like if you're into that scene you either know a lot about or just are completely like involved with like Slipknot again that like the first the first song I heard by Slipknot was Duality and that was it for me i was hooked on slipknot from then and then i bought the majority of the albums and self-titled is still one of my favorite albums um you know fucking awesome bro they they still are they still they still rock the shit man for for me uh, lincoln park as well bro i fucking love lincoln park yeah classic whole total chester p man there's a chester p What's his name? Chester, Chester Bennington. Chester, yeah, yeah. Chester P's a rapper. Going mixed up. But, but whole talk Chester fucking P as well. If you don't know about <laughs> Chester P, Jest, Rodney P, the, the original hip-hop UK singer, it's a fucking no, man. But, now you know, like, for me, like, music, there's a song, right, uh, called Hip Hop by uh, Naz and Scarface. Uh, one of my favourite fucking songs. I'm not even a big Scarface fan, really, like, you know, that, that way. Um, just not really a big fan of that kind of style of rap, but you know, not taking anything from Scarface, he's a fucking certified. But that song, it really like explains that they talk about hip hop as like a woman who's just completely used you and they've gave their all to it, they've gave everything to it, the fucking heart, you know, and they've been completely fucking just mugged off. And like, I can really relate to that song so much because I remember saying this to my missus the other night, you know, like I was that deluded when I was a kid at school. I was going out with this girl and she was like, so, and, and we was getting to the end of year 11, innit? And, you know, she weren't, she weren't being a dickhead or nothing. She was like, so what are you going to do after you finish school? And I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. She was like, no, like, what, what are you going to do when you finish school? I was like, I'm going to be a fucking rapper. <laughs> but what are you going on? I I felt like, and, and she was like, well, what if that doesn't work? And I was horrified. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? And I was like, what? Well, don't talk to me like this. Like, of course it's going to work. Like, there's nothing else for me out there. Obviously, reality hit hard, didn't it? <laughs> and, um, but, you know, like, the influence music played on me all through my, my fucking childhood, into my late teens, into now. You know, like, it, it's scary like how much of a hold it can take of, of certain people and I've watched certain people like struggle to, to, to the culture and lose themselves in it do you know what I mean and, and like I said like music introduced me to a lot of people and it got me into a lot of trouble with certain people as well and you know that's a whole different story for another time but I think that and that's what and that's what I want to talk about now and it is we like you know we, we bring this down to a close the scene now man because you know like for me there's a genre of music like i, I can write 99 percent of genres you know what i mean like i really can i mean fucking hell you boys probably relate to this i even had a, had a moment where it was all about fucking um dmb trance oh yeah 100 um, still DJ. like I'm, I'm still in that i'm still in that that zone where i listen to like electro and dmb and dubstep like i still really 
enjoy that kind of music. Yeah, man. You know, like fucking Nicky Black Market. Um, remember that DJ Sammy? Heaven. That's yeah. a tune. That's, that still gets played every now and again. But And then, you know what? The only fucking drama that I came across that used to fuck me off, yeah. Um, Happy Hardcore. The older kids listen to that. Oh, I love it. Um, I still yeah, love I, it. I, I could write it. I could write it. I preferred 4x4 and Niche when that came in. Bro. But that was the garage. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But fucking, bro, Speedcore shit. Yeah. You know, Speedcore. Honestly, bro, like, and I all got into that for a bit when I was a kid, yeah. And then one day I was like, what the fuck am I listening to, man? Yeah. I've got to turn this shit off. But the genres that are out now, like the one genre that really terrifies me, and from a musical point of influence, yeah, is fucking drill music. That, that shit, bro, like, I, I like rap, I can't fuck with drill. There's a couple of people that do it good, like Digger D. Um, you know, like I, I, I'd say him. I don't write his lyrics at all. Um, I'm not gunning him down. I'm, I'm just old now. You know, I'm mature. I can't be a fucking 15 year old forever. But like certain rappers do it better than others. Um, Digger D is definitely one that comes to my mind. But I just think the music's fucking evil, man. I really do. Like, you listen to the lyrics, like, and it's not even like fucking. The reason why I say Digger D is like he's actually lyrically quite good. But from like a lyrical point of view, but like a lot of these lyrics are literally just about killing people. There's nothing else in there at all. It's shit. I mean, at least with like the old hip hop stuff, people rich stories and you could visualize shit in your mind and it had a message in it. You mean like fucking like Icon and Bone Fugs and Harmony, Trouble. That was a fucking tune and that was a massive story behind it. Do you know what I mean? So like, I don't know what you two, I'm not going to turn this into a fucking drill this session now. But you know, what, what do you guys think about the current scene and the influence that it has on the kids? Um, going off like a point that you said, the kind of old school rap. If I go back to like, um, like Eminem, and then even later than that, you've got like Biggie Smalls, where you they're actually talking about like stories and things that have actually happened, and they'd put that into song, into song, you know, into a rap and stuff like that. Whereas nowadays. I, I can well. How many artists are singing or rapping or doing anything like that that have actually happened to them? You know, talking about like Biggie Smalls, the things that have happened to his mates and stuff like this, and it ends up being like a number one hit. Nowadays, it's, I personally I don't like drill. I, I just don't. I don't get it. I'm not a fan. Um, if I hear it, it's straight off, and I mean it's straight off because I've seen. Like the influence it has. If you look at like when we were going to like the park as kids, if you were like I was obviously around like skate park quite a lot. It was all pretty. It was all pretty much like rock music, but there was no. It wasn't like dangerous. If you know what I mean, it wasn't like a scary place to be. Whereas I think now, like kids growing up listening to the like you know drill music. Honestly, man, I think it's dangerous, and I don't like. I'm not, as I said, I'm not dissing it, but it's just not for me. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my two cents on that. So, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword, really, because there's on the one hand, you've got um, yes, you've got all this hot like drill. I'm not going to say horrible, but you've got this 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 genre of rap drill, right? And it is really vicious stuff that talks about some horrible shit 
and it's just not good for young kids to be listening to. But then on the other side, you've got things like Spotify, which literally have almost all the music ever on it. So you have that freedom of choice to listen to more stuff. Because back in the day, hang on a sec, because back in the day, it was very much what CDs could you get your hand on or or what, what even further back, what cassettes could you get your hands on or further back than that, what records. And it was all word of mouth for the longest time. And now it's like, you know, all I see being advertised to me everywhere is like new new metal bands or new rock bands or new gent bands or new, um, you know, that kind of music. So, so uh, yes, I think that there is music out there now that's being produced that's modern and current and that's relevant in today's scene that is very dangerous. I think if people just give other music a chance, they might find a bit more, um, they might find some salvation in it. And, you know, like I find that when I listen to new bands and stuff that I find, I'm much more invested in the lyrics these days because that's, for me, that's what's so, it allows me to be introspective and reflect upon what's being sang at me. It's true, man. And it's a really interesting point that you just said because like my missus plays, uh, we've got the, them fucking Alexa dots all over the house. She's probably going to fucking talk to me now I've said that. And, um, like, I'll hear my missus just put like a playlist on Spotify and I hear drill music coming through the playlist. Like French the Kid, right. He's actually a good artist. I, I could listen to French. Um, just because he's melodic, but but he he does a lot of negative music. With, you know, like obviously that's just the culture. But I'm just like I'm looking at my missus. Like, what the fuck are you listening to this guy for? These people I listen to. Do you know what I mean? Or I know of anyway. Um, but but there's drill music now just littered around. And there's another guy as well called Fredo, um, who I do genuinely write as a rapper. Uh, he makes some really really good songs. Um, massively caught up in London gang culture. But he's obviously, you know, I would class like Fredo on the same page as I'd class Kay Coke and, you know, Morrison and Giggs and, you know, other household, like, you know, rap names. And I was driving the car, going to, like, you know, like the local place to go for a walk where we live up in the forest. And fucking Fredo came on just like, you know, halfway throughout the day on, on, on mainstream radio. And they censored. It was stupid. But you couldn't even listen to what he was saying properly because they censored that much. And I was like, how the fuck is this on the radio, man? It's all those songs on social media. Mm, but I'm, I'm not hating on it, though. It's, it's, it's weird, but I'm not hating it because I want people to do well. And obviously, you know, like, it's hypocritical of me to hate it when the stuff I was listening to, it was just as fucked up back then, just in a different way. But now, the scariest music that I've came across, right, the, the only other subdivision of rap that I don't like is, is, is a horrorcore rap. And I got sucked into that when I was a teenager, like through 3-6 Mafia and different things. And I didn't even know what the fuck I was listening to back then. I just loved the beats. Um, but some of that, that shit was real weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and obviously, it's if you can respect it for the culture that it is, because I don't fuck with it. I couldn't listen to it now. It made me very uncomfortable. But it's still its own sub-genre, so, you know, like, but at the same time, well, the stuff that fucking promotes is just as bad, in a way. But I think the scariest music that I've come across um, is something that's starting to happen in the UK. I'm not going to talk about it now, but, like, if people want to know about it, we can have a proper, like, discussion about it in the future. But there's, um, I watched this uh, documentary about um, a set over in Florida in Jacksonville, because we spoke about this. 
and it was a group of people, uh, rappers that made a song called Who I Smoke. And yeah, and I was literally just like, who, what was the sample they used? Vanessa someone, wasn't it? Uh, if I could walk a hundred oh, yeah, miles yeah, just yeah. To- yeah, yeah, that's the one. That, that's better than what yeah. I did. They, they sampled that, and it's literally about fucking smoking your dead ups. It, it's a fucking awful song, and I don't condone it at all. But, but that Vanessa Bird was defending it on Twitter. And I was like, you don't know what these people are fucking making, man. Like, this shit, like, you know, maybe I'm getting old, but that's, I was never subjected to that when I was a kid. I mean, yeah, they used to talk about you know, a lot of shootings and stuff. I don't fucking, maybe I was, I'm just thinking about 50 Cent, um, someone, um, someone going to die tonight. You know what I mean? That's a dark fucking song all about shooting people. So I don't know, you know what, maybe I'm just a massive hypocrite. It could just be that your perspective changes as you get older and you learn to, um, acknowledge what you're actually listening to rather than just listening to it. You don't just take it at face value. You actually listen to it. So the power of melody. Has anyone, have you two heard 50 Cent, uh, Many Men? Yeah. Many men. Many men. Many, 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 many men. <laughs> yeah. Wish they're for me, dog. I don't try no more. Crawl, whatever it is. That song is fucking, it's a dark song, but because the melody is so catchy, the power of melody is mad. Because you can literally, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy Illuminati stuff, a lot of Rihanna and that, but you can literally just fucking say anything over a catchy beat and a melody and people will like it. And I think 50 Cent did that incredibly well through fucking um, Get Richard or Tron a lot of times. In a lot of songs, he's very melodic. He is. He sounds like yeah. a shit singer, but he's actually a melody genius. Or he whatever is, lots yeah. of songs are. 100%. Well, ladies hang and on, gentlemen. Hang oh. on, I know you're going to go. I've got a question for everyone before we end. Okay, cool. Johnny, is the music scene today more positive or less positive than what it was when we were kids? Do you think that the musical, um, what's out there now on offer, the, the ease of access, do you think it's more dangerous now for kids than it was when we were young? And do you think it's got even more of an influence now over the younger generation than it did on us? Um... That's a good question, man. Jeez. Um, I think when I was growing up and I wanted to listen to music, I'd have to go to HMV and buy the CD. So that was a choice that I had to make. You know, kind of going back to what Coos was saying, nowadays you log on Spotify and you, you just flooded with music on the screen. You go, right, what do I want? What, what genre do I fancy listen to? And you can listen to anything. The, the, the choice is massive now, isn't it? So I think in terms of that sense, it's good. However, I just think that if I go back working in education and so seeing kids that will walk down a corridor, for example, on the way to a lesson, and I'm like, I like why are you why are you singing that or why like or rapping that and I'm like that is mental because me growing up it was like rock songs or like blues songs and it was like actual to me that's music I'm not dissing rap at all because I do like rap as I said before you know but I, I just think that the choices that people are making in terms of what they're listening to now it's having a bit of a negative influence especially on like the younger generation. Well said, brother. Case at you. 
uh, wow. Um, I think there are okay, right. So in popular culture, um, let's talk about TikTok, right? That is the new thing, right? That's massive. Now no, TikTok, TikTok's scary. Have you seen the amount of logs people get? There's yeah. like millions of likes. It's yeah. mad. So, so hear me out on this one. Music is massive on TikTok. People use music on their videos all the time. And a lot of the stuff that I've heard, um, I am surprised that it's being used. Like I find it quite, some of it quite, not offensive because I'm not a boomer. Do you know what I mean? Like I appreciate all, all music, but some of it for kids to be listening to, I think is really inappropriate. And man, that I just I just aged like forty that years. It sounds like we're just growing up too quick, doesn't it? Yeah, tell me about it. Um, so there's there's it's it's to be honest, it's like subdivided into like parts are good, parts are bad. So again, with the whole double edged sword point, there's good things and there's bad things. So I think the the positives of, of music now is that it's so freely accessible to everyone. Um, anyone can get Spotify for free. Yeah, you've got to listen to a few ads, but you can listen to any band you want or any artist you want at j- just with your phone or a laptop or whatever you're using. So yes, there are positives. And I think if people, because it took me a while to open my mind to all the different types of music, but you know, if people just give other stuff a chance, maybe they'll find, you know, something else. I think that's really well said, Bob Murphy, lads. Um, I'm going to end uh, on a bit of a conspiracy, a short one. So now our listeners love one. Um, the the story goes unverified. No idea where this has come from, but it was big when I was a kid growing up. A guy uh, basically was working for a record label over in America, and he got invited to a meeting over in LA. A private meeting. Went over there. Security on the door. Really, really hush hush. Um, there were select individuals at this meeting. They all sit down and the, and the person who's conducting the meeting says, um, you know, you've all been selected here on purpose. You all represent some of the biggest record labels in the country. Um, we are going to start privatising the prisons in America. And we basically, um, we need to uh, fill them up full of people. So we want to start to market a certain genre of music to areas that are, that are you know, predominantly poor. Um, you know, there's a lot of crime. We want to glamorise this to try to influence people to start um, committing crimes. Because the more people that we get in the prisons, the more money that we're going to make and the more profit that's made off the back of this. Now, if um, the record labels that were there, the representatives agreed to it, the deal was that they would get, uh, they would be able to buy shares in the prisons before they hit the market or they will get first access to them. So you can imagine if you was to buy shares in a, in a private prison and then they start getting filled full of fucking people and the prison starts making money, the shares of that prison go up. How, how, how that would happen, I don't know. And apparently what they did is they um, picked the rap genre and they market it at um, um, areas that are predominantly, you know, poverty driven. And they try to influence the people that live there to get involved in a life of crime. It's easy money. It's flash money. I mean, don't you think it's funny that one of the biggest, arguably now, one of the biggest genres in the world, it, it just consistently promotes bad stuff. 
You know, pimping women back in the day was huge. Selling fucking drugs, riding on your ups, shooting people, stabbing people. Don't just want something. Go out and, and get it. And if you can't take, do you know what I mean? And you look at America and how many people are in prison over there. Now, you look in, in, in England, and I think one of the biggest reasons why rap music has never blown so big over here the same way that it did in the States is because the prisons aren't privatised over here yet, or they're slowly becoming privatised anyway. It's a different setup. So the government don't need to make money off people that are in prisons. If anything, they probably fucking waste money on, on you know, letting people live in there because UK prisons compared to a Los Angeles prison are completely different. Do you know what I mean? We've seen the videos and stuff and we've seen the programmes. I find it very interesting that now, as rap music is starting to become more and more big in the UK, especially with artists like H, Bugsy Malone, you know, a lot of people like this that are really getting pushed forward now. And are who undoubtedly incredibly like, talented at what they do. I'm not dissing any of these people. You know, we are now seeing a huge spike in crime all over the country. You know, like in stabbings. Look how many kids in London get stabbed. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 it's absolutely crazy. And for some reason, they used to say back in the day, didn't they? Sex sells. Well, so does violence, evidently. So does negativity. How many people do you know that are listening to Christian rap music? Or think of just a pure positive <laughs> yeah. message, do you know what I mean? Spot on. But, but, but do you know, and how many people do you know that would rather put on an audio book and fucking learn something than listen to, to, you know, like some fucking, the mainstream stuff? Now, how do you not go extremism into that? Because you can't just fucking stop rap music, it's a freedom of speech. And people say that the kids need a way to, to express themselves. Just because you take away the voice doesn't mean you take away the action. They're still going to be there doing bad shit. It's what they're surrounded by, what they grew up in and what they're, what they're um, exposed to. So for me, you know, that's the conspiracy theory I'm going to end it on. Last week, we talked about misinformation. I could be fucking misinforming everyone right now, so I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I just remember reading it somewhere, and I was like, yo, that's deep, and that makes a lot of fucking sense. You know, maybe there was a bit of truth to it. It's been changed, I don't know. But for me, I think that as we get older, what comes into my mind is we have a real responsibility for how we influence the next generation. And as a child, I was massively influenced by the older kids around me that I saw in the park and the stuff that they did, especially going into my late teens and being around certain people that I probably shouldn't have been with to where I am now. It's like I've gone fucking full circle the long way around and now I'm, I'm finally doing the shit I should have been doing like 10 years ago, do you know what I mean? So I would think that music definitely has an influence on people. I mean, Coos, I don't know anything about this, but I remember back in the day when, when we were naive and we used to look at the emo gang I'd be like, well, don't they listen to music about killing themselves? And, you know, like fucking all dark shit about slitting your wrists and stuff. And I never heard none of that emo music because I weren't into that, but it was a predetermined opinion that a lot of people used to have of that music because of the way you guys looked. And then people looked at my lot, you know, sort of fucking thugs, chavs, you know, like um, hoodlums, you know, listening to D&B, grime, you know, like so... You know, like, it's not just in rap music is what I'm trying to say. This influences everywhere. Do you know what I mean? And it can come at you in any angle. So to anyone listening to, to our music, I'd just say, look, you know, I don't think my mum was right giving me the Eminem version censored. I think that was fucking raving. I still listen to it anyway. I managed to get it in the end. And I still Do you listen know who works to any of those songs? Oh, hell yeah, bro. What America, Soldier. Well, I can just imagine yeah. you rapping and then just having this... And then just carry on again. Like just <laughs> like years, I never dreamed I'd see so many mother people that shared with me. Honestly, I, I remember the in my head still. It feels weird when I hear it without it in. That's how much I listen to that shit, bro. The censored one. 
But to anyone listening, I, I would say that, you know, like, we've got to be careful with our younger generation, man. Because, you know, like, whatever you're subjecting them to is dangerous to an extent. And even now, it's even more dangerous. Bro, do you know how much I go on TikTok, yeah? And, like, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s now, right? And I've, I'm just scrolling down TikTok and it's literally just women wearing hardly anything, like, jiggling around to weird music. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking interested in this shit, man. But you got to think, right, my daughter, my daughter could be on TikTok in the next, like, 10 years. Is she going to see the same shit? Is, bro. Do you know what I mean? On a real, so I it's don't, not. I don't even... know how their their stuff works, but I hope not. Yeah, and then the scary thing is, bro, she's like me. Like you know, my mum tried to stop me doing certain things. I found a way around that shit. Yeah, course, well, man. well, kids will always be curious and inquisitive, and they will they will find ways of finding stuff that they want to find. That's just the way kids are. It's what it's what we did as kids, and it's what our parents did as kids, and it's. It's literally, that is just an inbuilt thing as a kid to do. Of course it is. And you know what? Curiosity, man. Hold tight all the original gangster crew, yeah? All the people that were in maths class. And you couldn't go on miniclip.com because I used to block it. We had the proxy servers. Holdmyass.com. Yeah, we, we got around that shit. And then we'd <laughs> block that one, we'd find another. <laughs> exactly. Are you talking about dangerous rap and stuff just quickly? I am going to leave it after this. Moen, I talked to you about this the other night, about someone in particular. Yeah. A rapper called Harry Mack. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a rapper, but he is also a drummer by trade. So his, like, tracks and stuff are very melodic, like you said earlier. His lyrics are incredible, and it's all off the cuff. I got introduced to that by a mutual friend of ours, and then I've passed it on to other people. And they've then passed it on to other people. And I think, like, if, for example, I had um, a little lad who, um, a lot of my own, who was like, oh, I want to listen to some rap, he would be the first person I showed. Purely because I think, one, he's not aggressive. It's not dangerous at all. And the music is actually incredible. Yeah. Harry Mack is sick. And I, I, as I said to you the other day, he's he's up there, man, with the with the goats. In my eyes, I'm, I I'm agree. not just saying that he's. You actually listen to what he does and how he does it in terms of he'll just find some random people on you know Omegle, just give me three random words, anything it could be, and then they, he just starts rapping about it. That to do that is incredible. That's yeah, a major and, talent. And he writes his own music as well. There you go. He's got it all going for him. That's the kind of influence you want, you know, yeah, those 100%. kind of people. Because that, that not only promotes good music, but it also promotes talent, you know, um, which is what we need to be nurturing in our kids. You know, it's, it's, you should be pushing their talents. So, ladies and gents, with that being said, we are going to wind this down to a close. This has been a very great podcast, in my opinion. We have had some superb discussions um is <laughs> that, giggling. Was, that was a bit donald trump weren't it this has been a very great podcast it's this has been a great, great podcast. podcast thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we're not trump supporters by the way we're neutral no. we don't get involved in politics on air neutral i do not like trump i've said it i, I don't care <laughs> you say bro. i was trying to offend no one man do you know what i mean but the there, i'm, I'm the sorry no side, you know what i don't care if i offend criminals. someone saying i don't like trump that's just where i stand everyone has their own political <laughs> opinion I like how I went on the angle like we're not 
political. He's like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck more, I man. just don't care. I don't care. If someone stops listening to this podcast because I don't support Trump, that's their prerogative. He's Whatever. gone off a month. He's gone, guys. This is the danger of influence. Don't listen to him. <laughs> this is why you should never bring up politics in any capacity because this is what happens. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Coos. Joining us tonight, thank you so much, Johnny. You've been an amazing guest. We will be uh, honoured to have you back anytime. Sweet, bro. Uh, and uh, Moen was here as well, so. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one.